Hey guys, my guest tonight is Karen Wilkinson, and we're going to be talking about the possibility of there being a sinister alien breeding program. See you in a minute. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. I hope everybody's having a great Thursday. I did. I went out to lunch with my good friend. Had pizza today. I usually don't eat pizza, but I had pizza today and a big salad, you know. But uh, it tasted really good. I don't I don't get out that much anyway. I'm always here with my kid back here. You can see we're getting close to the holiday season. He's been like this since the end of October, so these kids. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means, it's because I think, hey, I did it right the first time. Look at that. See, I'm getting better. Uh, which means that we can help you. But the only issue with is California is like this really, really huge state, and people don't realize it. A lot of people think of California, they think of it like Hawaii with surfers. We got that. That's covered. There's no problem there. But there are parts of this coast that are way up north near Oregon where it gets cold, and then you've got all of Southern California. That Anyway, my point being is that this is what we have. We have ocean, you know, with beaches. We've got mountains. We've got the Sierra Nevada mountain region, okay? Some of these mountains, like Mount Shasta, the Cascades, are in California as well. And you've got Mount Whitney down south. And then you've got the farm areas. There's a lot of farm area. There's a lot of rural area. There's a lot of high desert. There's a lot of low desert. So California is, is huge, really huge. So if that in that case, if you do call and... Uh, and we can't get to you right away. It might take us two or three days. We do have uh, mediums on staff who can phone you and talk to you about what may or may not be going on in your house or your business. And most most times they can settle it down until we get out there. All right. That being said, really quick. Sorry, I got this turned up. I'm going to turn it down. I'm, bla I'm blasting you guys out. I apologize. The thing was showing red. I apologize if I blew out your eardrums. Anyway, if you're watching from Facebook today, uh, please be sure to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. Show us some love today. Give me some thumbs up, some happy faces, some smileys. And uh, be sure to comment in the chat room because what that does is it puts us up higher in the F FYP, which means Facebook sees that in its master computer, and it puts us out to more people. Because that's the key, right? We're trying to get out to more people with the show. And if there is somebody in the house with you or, or someplace like that and uh, and you want to share us, be feel free to share us. You know, I have people who are just having dinner right now and things like that, listeners. I also have people who are doing their laundry and cleaning their house. Uh, one, one of our listeners likes to carry us in her pocket while, while she does her laundry. Hey, I'm good for it. I'm good for it, especially at the laundromat, right? We're just on everybody. Same thing with YouTube. You know, we've got 800 and some odd videos over there. If you haven't done so already, feel free to uh, subscribe because, like I said, we've got all kinds of topics. We don't only do paranormal here. We do news items. You know, we'll talk about murders. We'll, we'll talk about mysteries and all that kind of stuff because I like to do that. Okay, I talk about spousal abuse. I like to do that. I'm a journalist, photojournalist, and that, that's just part of me. So, yeah, same thing over YouTube. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. And I have everything in category, in category, so you have a chance to look for this stuff. If you like medium nasty bats, you can go ahead and find her file and click on that. If you're into this stuff like tonight, alien abduction UFOs, I have a file for that. And so you can go in there and, and check out, you know, all the guests we've had that have talked about that. So I thought I'd make it easier for you and me. Okay, and again, share us. Give us some likes. Give us some loves. Show us some love. Comment. Keep us up in the FYP. If you're if you've just joined us over here from TikTok, welcome, welcome, welcome. We do this every night, six days a week. All right. Now that that's all said, my guest tonight, I'm really excited to have her on. You know, we've had a lot of uh, alien contactees on the show, but uh, she, I think she has a more interesting story because I, I think, you know, you want to get all, all sides of what people think because you've got the group of people think that the aliens are here to help us and it's all hunky-dory, and then you've got the, the other half that, that – 
that wasn't too thrilled by meeting them. And I think, you know, I think you got to have that balance to decide for yourselves, you know, what's going on. So let me bring her in. Her name is Karen Wilkinson, and uh, we'll get the show on the road. Hello. Hi, Charlotte. Can you hear me okay? Perfect. I hope I didn't blast anybody's eardrums during the beginning. Of I really I looked down and my little mic monitor was red and I was like, oh. It scared me. I thought it was my machine. I'm like, oh no, what have I done to my mic? <laughs> See? So the first part of the show, if anybody was sleeping, they're not now. No, I was wide awake. Yep. <laughs> so, so tell me about you. Oh, it's so nice to be here tonight, Charlotte. Thank, Thank you. you so much for having me. Um, and um, I'm just your average everyday mom, grandma. I'm a writer and mm -hmm. um, I have written my story called Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest. You can probably see it behind me um, or here. I can do better than uh, that. Watch. I can do better than that. Oh, Everybody, ready? I got your back. There you go. <laughs> you got me. Thank you so much. Um, and uh, yeah, so I uh, met Elie Marzulli a couple of years ago and shared my story with him. And it's kind of a, a interesting account of how I got to that point. And um, we, uh, he ended up uh, putting that interview into his fourth movie in his UFO series on abduction, on the abduction phenomenon. And from there, that led me to realizing I really wanted to write this so that I could share this because so many people started talking to me after that and mm -hmm. thanking me for sharing the story. People with similar or the same types of experiences. Right. So many people have had this happen and they're just, they, they're like, I'm afraid to talk about it, you know, and then all of a sudden you talked about it and I feel like maybe it's okay. Maybe we can talk about it. So I've talked to so many people just, just because people want to talk and mm -hmm. they're afraid Anyway, you can't, you know, who do you talk to? People think you're crazy, but this has happened to so many people. I mean, as mm -hmm. you know, in your field of work, you, so many people have these unusual experiences. So, yes. Yeah. So well, the thing is, fun. you know, with the experience and, and reading about your experience for the first time last year is when I found out about experiences like yours, you know, cause you don't hear it all the time. Yeah. And I was watching a, a special, you know, on, on abductions and stuff. And it's the first time that, like I said, I ever heard about that happening to uh, the fetus, you know, the, the, the child, mm -hmm. you know, well, one minute it's there, the next, well, I'm not saying one minute, but you know what I mean? One month oh, it's yeah. there, the next month it's gone. Right, right. So I it's, just, I, it's so fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really, um, it's a shocking and terrible thing that happens to women. And I've had the opportunity to talk to so many women who have gone through this and we've been able to share together and, and help each other with that. Um, when you go through something like that, I mean, you're thrilled. You know, I was married. I got pregnant. I was so happy. I was so excited. And then I just didn't feel very good one night. You know, I woke up in the middle of the night, but I hadn't had a miscarriage. I was in my third month of pregnancy. I'd been to the doctor. Everything was confirmed. Everything was fine. And this is the first time I realized it happened. And I went into the hospital and they're like, there was no heartbeat. They did an ultrasound, didn't see a baby, did a DNC and said there was no fetal tissue. And they're like, are you sure you were pregnant? Yeah. I'm like, I was very much pregnant, you know, and I had all the confirmations along the way, you know, and this, this kept happening. Um, and it was just devastating because I didn't get to mourn those babies. You know, that's a huge loss mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and it's just terrifying. Um, but, um, and I, you know, I, I didn't think I would ever really be able to talk about it, but after I had a near-death experience, or I like to call it a near-life experience, um, I went through PTSD therapy for that, and it helped me to be able to finally deal with the emotions and the trauma of all this and mm -hmm. all the abductions that had happened, because my abductions started from as early as I can remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Did you know you were being abducted or is this the thing where you would wake up and not feel good the next morning or something? Because a lot of people oh, yeah. don't realize it. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize they've been abducted. Right. Now, I knew when I was little, um, from my earliest memories are of them coming to get me. For some reason, 
they weren't able to wipe my memories the way they were with other people. I didn't okay. remember every time, but I remembered a lot more than I think they wanted me to. Um, they being the entities that were coming to get me. Right. Um, having those vivid memories of being taken, um, you know, them showing up in the room. The uh, If you want, I can describe the typical. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Okay. When I was <laughs> little, you know, and it, it's it's getting easier to recount it. The first couple of times I recounted it, I think I had to walk away and cry a few times because it was just so, um, yeah, it, it's just traumatic. But when I was little, um, the typical scenario would be I would wake up and I would just feel something changing in the room, you know, like mm -hmm. it's just feel something evil or something different in the room. And sometimes there'd be um, some kind of low buzzing or humming noise around with it. Sometimes there'd be a very visible light outside the window. Um, sometimes it would get really quiet. Like when we were in the country, all the cicadas and crickets and everything would just stop. Mm -hmm. And in the country, it's not quiet. You know, that's just a really, that never happens. Mm -hmm. um, and um, they would just, be at the foot of my bed, I would suddenly see, or sometimes beside my bed, different places in the room, um, a couple of the, usually two or four at a time, the gray, typical gray alien that most people report seeing, the big mm -hmm. bulbous head, the big black vacuous kind of eyes that just look like a screen. And um, from that point, I would go into some sort of a sleep paralysis where mm -hmm. you can, you just can't move. You can't shout you can't you can see everything going on but you can't do anything about it um and uh they would levitate me off the bed and i would go out of a closed window or up through the ceiling and you know i as a kid i remember seeing details up at the top of the ceiling you know the wallpaper the lights things like that or you know the going through the window just the dust on a windowsill or cobwebs th weird things that you don't see normally and it was the weirdest feeling because it would feel like this intense vibration um almost like my body was just a thousand million pieces or ball bearings it's just i've tried to explain it it's just so hard to describe it's and uh i'd be going out a window or up through a ceiling and i know it sounds crazy but it happened and it happened over and over again and and um sometimes it would be into a light and then mm -hmm. you see anything when you're in that light. So you don't know how fast you're going or where you're going or how far you're going. Um, but that was the, how the typical scenario would start. And um, sometimes I'd wake up in transit. Like um, they'll often I'd get into this elevator that would just go down and I hated it. It was cold. It was dark. It was just everything about it was scary. Sometimes I'd wake up on a um, table and then they would be doing examinations on me, big x-ray type things. I don't know what they were. That's the closest thing I can compare it to or um, things like that. It was just terrifying as a little kid. I mean, I sometimes I would come home and my pajamas would be inside out or they would just be off on the floor or, you know, I'd be in another room in the house. Just crazy, crazy things. I have marks on my body, I have a burn scar still that I put that picture in my book to show people. You know, there were physical remains of what had happened to me um, to this day that still remain. And it was just, it was traumatic, you know, to take a little child who doesn't want to be taken over and over again. Um, it was really, really a scary experience. You know, I've heard stories from other people who haven't had quite the experience you have as children. You know, they described like 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 playrooms. You know, where kids mm -hmm. were, were coloring. I mean, did you see oh, anything yeah. like that at all? Okay. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there were other kids, and there was this big table, and there would be like crayons and paper. There were weird blocks that were not the normal shapes that we got at school, mm -hmm. and I think they were watching us play. Some of the kids were really messed up, like banging their heads with their hands, and some kids were just crying. Some kids were like catatonic looking almost you know it just i think it just depended on how they were reacting or maybe some of them were just kind of messed up from it i don't know if they all if some of them might have been there like in residence maybe or you know all of us were 
taken the same way I was. I don't, I don't know. Cause we didn't have any conversations obviously as kids about that. So, but, um, so some of the times, yeah, it was with other kids. Um, a lot of times when I was really little, there were these, um, what they call Nordic looking aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, these entities were very tall, thin, fair skin, fair haired, fair eyed. Their hair was almost like a translucent, like whatever color they were around, their hair kind of picked up that color. It was really weird. Right. And when I was little, I was terrified of my dad's family because they looked like that similar kind of look. And as a mm-hmm. little kid, you just don't make those specific distinctions between that's really not them, you know. Right. Like, my family was not aliens. They were normal people, but I was scared of them. You know, and then my family couldn't understand why. Well, we didn't have vocabulary for it back then, especially as little kids. You know, how do you say what they are when you don't know what they are? Right. And did your parents, of- well, did your parents, if you had marks on your body, did your parents ever ask you what they were or try to figure out what they were? No, I didn't make, <laughs> I was warned very strongly by these entities not to make a big deal. I did make a big deal about the burn on my back and they mm-hmm. thought I had burned it on the toaster or something. I remember them telling me that. And I'm like, how would mm-hmm. I have done that? You know what I mean? Like maybe mm-hmm. I had leaned up against it or something, but there was no way for me to have done that. Um, and other than that, when I, you know, it would be, well, I was into gymnastics and tumbling and all that kind of stuff. Not officially, but, you know, on the playground, because back then we were, you know, the playground was our, was our club, our gym. And, uh, you know, so they just assumed I was hurting myself in those ways. Mm-hmm. There was always an excuse for it. There was just some level, I think, of cognitive dissonance there. Um, and I was warned by these entities not to talk about it, too, because I was saying, you know, they did tests. They're bothering me. They're touching me They're I had this breakdown. I was probably six years old and I was sitting in the corner of a bathroom stall, just holding my knees and rocking. And they had to call my mom to come get me. And, you know, I just kept babbling about them. Well, I couldn't say the aliens cause I didn't know that's what they were. Right? right. She takes me to the doctor and he looks at me and he's like, well, whatever's happened to her, she's going to be fine and she'll forget it you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of let it go. And this was in the 60s and 70s. So, you know, it was a different age then. They weren't mm-hmm. as concerned about, people weren't as concerned about how we feel as people as they are mm-hmm. today, which is nice. When, um, when you talk about tests, what types of tests, I mean, being a little kid, what types of tests did they do on you guys? Um, they literally would check out like every part of my body. Like I remember I'm counting my you know, going down my spine and just touching every vertebrae or um, scraping on my skin, taking blood, mm-hmm. um, looking in my ears, putting needles into me. I, to this day, I've had over eight major surgeries, hundreds of procedures. I'm fine with the big stuff, but when someone comes at me with a needle, mm-hmm. I need Valium to this day. I mean, needle in my neck, uh, needles in my chest, needles mm-hmm. in my arms, everywhere. They, it was weird. And I don't know what they were doing with them, mm-hmm. but you know, that was really invasive and just invasive examinations, physical examinations mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. my personal parts and stuff. So, you know, it, it, it just, it was so confusing as a little child not to know what's going on because when you go to a doctor or something, they tell you what they're doing right. or you have a parent or a caregiver or someone there to comfort you usually. And I didn't have that. So it, it was terrifying. See, when I think of those tests, you know, you say needles, mm-hmm. I know it's probably fabrication, but the first thing I think of is that movie on Betty and Barney Hill when they gave her the pregnancy test with that, with oh. that full long needle. Oh my God. I haven't watched that. I tell you, I've had a hard time until recently being able to watch anything. Mm-hmm. I've never even been able to stop the TV channel on something about UFOs and aliens. I've spent most of my life just being terrified, not being able to look out a window at night, not being able to walk outside alone at night. Um, just so many things that until I did that PTSD therapy, mm-hmm. it, you know, terrified just all the time. Um, I mean, I've spent my whole life just running at this high octane level of fear 
um, just that they're going to come back. I mean, I don't have that anymore. I don't, I don't have to feel that way anymore. I know how to stop it now, stop them. But um, yeah, it was something like what you just described. Yeah. Big needles, stuff like that. Wow. Not good. No, not fun. How many times were you taken or how, or how many times would they take you actually? Yeah, I have no idea. Possibly hundreds because it just, it was seemed like it was so often and from as my earliest memories up until my forties. So, you know, it was a lot. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so many pregnancies that just, you know, I stopped going to the doctor until I'd hit like that 10 to 12 week mark because mm -hmm. I was, it was too, it was too hard. And if I could just pretend I wasn't pregnant <laughs> until I got past that kind of the first trimester, mm -hmm. then it was easier to handle. Mm -hmm. So it's part of my voice. I'm sorry. I had tests okay. in the hospital yesterday and it's affecting me more than I thought it would. That's okay. Take your time. It's all good. <clears throat> um, you know, when you talk about, did the test change? Let me go this way. As a kid to being a teenager, as you got into your teen years, did the, did the test change at all? Or were they all similar tests from what you were getting as a kid? Um, oh yeah, it did. It, it definitely changed. And as I, as I got older, you know, it was more, um, they were more interested in my reproductive ability than anything else. So they were really always checking on that and doing things there. And a lot of times I'd be put out like into, I'd wake up on that table or I'd get to that table and then I'd be put to sleep, put under, you know, put out, um, kind of switched off, if you will. So thank goodness for a lot of that. I didn't have to go through some of that, but then there were a lot of times once I reached maturity that what happened was dark and, um, the things they were doing to me and the ways that they were utilizing me were just, were dark. Uh, you know, I don't know if I can say the word on here or not, but I was being sexually abused. Yeah, okay. by them and and it was almost a it was um it was almost ritual the way yeah. it worked the way it was happening um and then there were people there were human people there in the mostly it was this underground facility this big facilities and um there were human people there with them working with them and i i don't think these people necessarily knew what they were getting into because I would was party to events where they would utilize me to warn them this you don't want this to happen to your family to your daughters to your wives to your sons to whoever um and that's how they keep people quiet because you don't want your family to be hurt that's how they kept me quiet as a little child because they showed me um, a, what's like a screen memory, which would today would be like putting on VR goggles almost and showing me my family being murdered in front of me. Um, and so we can do this. If you talk, this is what's going to happen. Well, no little kid wow. wants to be responsible for their family being hurt. It was, right. you know, so these things are just so traumatizing. Um, and like I said, without that therapy, I think, you know, between that and, and my faith, I don't think I would you know, I haven't, it, it's been a long road and mm -hmm. I haven't had the best relationships and I haven't made the best choices because something like this affects you in every possible way. Let's talk a little bit about the pregnancies. Yes. And I read that you had a doctor that actually verified that you were pregnant. Oh, I did. My pregnancies were very, yeah, I had at least three of them that were verified. And then kind of, I, then after that, I just didn't want to have them verified anymore because like I said, it was my mm -hmm. way of pretending it wasn't happening, but yeah, they were verified pregnancies. I went to the doctor and got back then you got a prescription for prenatal vitamins. I had my prescriptions. Mm -hmm. I went to the doctor, you know, you hear, I heard a heartbeat. I, you know, they didn't do ultrasounds as often back then as they do now. Mm -hmm. So that was something you did later on. Um, but, um, so everything had been confirmed. I was in fact pregnant. And then all of a sudden 
I was not pregnant. And I'd go in and, you know, one time they're like, well, maybe it's a tubal pregnancy. You know, let's get in there and see if it's in, you know, and it wasn't. And, Uh you know, because I would be in so much pain too, you know, and it it just didn't make sense. You know, nothing Uh was adding up. Um, But the babies were just gone. They were gone. And then um, I did once when one of them was an infant. So these babies were taken and, I was taken onto a ship when one of them was an infant and I was walked down this hallway mm-hmm. and it's really darkly lit and kind of like red colors, almost like a dark room where you um, mm-hmm. develop pictures, that kind of, and the walls are just lined with these things that look like aquariums in a pet shop. And in these things is some sort of liquid and in the liquid is our fetuses. And some of them look like human fetuses. You know, it's hard to tell when they're that little, what they are, right. but um, at different stages of development, um, just rows and rows and rows of them down this hallway. And on either side of the end of the hallway, there were doors and they, I went into the one door they led me into there and um, these were the different grays. They're the, they are grays that pick that the kind that would come to pick me up, but mm-hmm. there are a different kind of gray that are on, in these facilities around the ships and they look, they're taller. They're a little more sturdy. They mm-hmm. look almost older because they have, their skin actually looks more wrinkled. Their eyes move as opposed to the other ones that just have like the lenses for eyes. Anyway, one of these grays took me into this room and handed me a baby. And it was little. I mean, little, little. And um, told me to hold it. And I held the baby. And I knew, I just instinctively knew it was my baby. Um, And I held it to me. And it just, it wouldn't cuddle into me. It Mm -hmm. didn't respond to me, to my touch, to my skin. I put it against my skin, you know. And it was just, it was really dark in color, almost a reddish purple color. I, I didn't think it was alive for a minute, but it was definitely alive. And it just, it wouldn't respond to me. And I just kept saying, what's wrong? What's wrong with this baby? What's wrong with my baby? And its head was really big compared to its body. And its eyes were really big compared to a normal baby. Um, and um, there was another woman in the room with her baby, and the, the room was really small, like the size of a large closet, maybe. And she was really into having her baby. And um, I was upset. I was visibly upset. And she was mad at me because I was upset. Um, and um, I just, but I wanted to keep it. And they, you know, they came in to get me because I was upset. And they're mm-hmm. like, you have a good baby. Your baby's fine. You're saying it's a good baby. I'm like, what does that mean? And um, I'm like, well, I want to keep it. They're like, no, you can't stay. And I was started to get hysterical. I wanted to stay with it. It was my baby, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I, you know, got like switched off. That's the last I remember. And the next thing I know, I was back home. And uh, that was really traumatic. Um, and ever since then, it, I wanted I wanted this. If if I had any surviving children, and they would be hybrids, I wanted mm-hmm. I wanted them. I wanted to take care of them. I wanted to love them. I wanted to see them. I thought they have to be half me. So there's got to be some good in there, right? You know, mm-hmm. something I can take care of. I love my children. I have my own children. They are everything to me. You know, they are my whole world and I adore them. They're adults now, you know, but they're still my whole world. You know, I, mm-hmm. I love them and and I wanted to love these children, too. I really did. Um, that was hard. So later on, and I, I, I heard this also listening to you on, on the other guy's show, mm-hmm. you think that, that like three of your children came, came to see you? They did. Yeah. Um. I had really struggled with this and mm-hmm. um, I really think God allowed this to happen so that I could have my closure because I woke up one night and I just startled awake and there were three, three um, kids, for lack of a better word, standing by my bed and mm-hmm. along the side towards the bottom of the bed. 
And they were about maybe four, four and a half foot tall, maybe four foot shorter, but they were shorter than my own kids. But at first I thought it was my kids. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I think I only had one, maybe two of my kids living at home or, or visiting, you know, they're, they're in and out. Right. And uh, I said one of their names, I'm like, what's wrong? And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, that's not, you know, so-and-so. And uh, it, they're too short and it's, they look a little bit like my kids, but they weren't my kids, you know, mm-hmm. my kids have a similar look to them. And um, I'm like, oh, who are, oh my gosh, these are my kids, you know, and I'm just, I was startled. And I'm like, and my first thought was I wanted to jump up and grab them and hug them and love them. But they, I was paralyzed. I was all of a sudden, as soon as I thought about jumping up, I was just sleep paralysis on me as fast as Mm -hmm. I could think about it. And I'm like, before I kind of went into the sleep paralysis, I smacked my husband. I'm like, Hey, wake up, wake up, look, look, he wouldn't move. He wouldn't respond. And he's the, you know, if I sneeze in bed, he's going to wake up and he would. And, um, and then all of a sudden I couldn't move and they spoke with me telepathically is the best way I can say it. Um, and wanted me to come with this, come with us. And I'm like, where do you want to go? You know? And then they were just, I could just feel this evil coming off of them. Just instead of feeling like they were wanted to love me the way I wanted to love them, I just felt contempt from them. Just evil, just contempt, just radiating off of them. And I, you know, I'm like, what's the matter? What's wrong with, you know? And they're like, you have to come with us. I'm like, no, I, I don't think I want to go with you. And then they got very angry and very upset. I'm like, they're trying to levitate me off the bed and um, I'm resisting with everything in me. And I'm like, no, I'm the more I resisted, the more angry they got, you know, they were just Mm -hmm. visibly angry. And um, then I called out to Jesus and I said, help me. I don't know what's going on here. Help me. As soon as I did that, they took off, they were gone. And in that couple of seconds, my husband shot straight up in bed. He's like, what's wrong? It was like he had just heard me, even though that happened like five minutes before or whatever mm-hmm. it was. I don't even know how long it was. It was several minutes, but, um, and then they were gone and it was heartbreaking because I, I wanted to love them and I wanted them to love me, but they didn't have any love for me. Um, they just, they didn't have that, you know, as humans, we tend to care about each other. You know, we care about people we haven't met or we just met. Like I care about you and we just met, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there was none of that compassion. No, just nothing. It was empty. It was empty. And it was shocking. It was really shocking, mm-hmm. but I do feel like I kind of got that closure that I wanted. And I mm-hmm. realized now that I couldn't have done anything for them. Um, that they're not human and that they're not capable. They don't have the the soul, the spirit that we have, mm-hmm. you know, that, that gives us that ability to love one another, you know, and, and that kindness that we can have and that mm-hmm. love towards one another. They just didn't have it. Why do you think, um, I know you're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. None of us are doctors here. Why do you think they have this breeding, this breeding program going on? You know, um, I think, well, I think they take them in the third tri- in the first trimester because I mm-hmm. think our bodies are designed to reject anything that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, uh, so I know you didn't quite ask that when you said the doctor. Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's right. about that. Um, why do I think they have it going on? I think this goes back to ancient times. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is something that goes back to the Nephilim. I know you're I think you're familiar with that. You've had some guests yes. talk about that. Yes. Um, when you go back to Genesis six, when it talks about the, you know, the watchers that saw the daughters of men and mm-hmm. they fell and took wives of human women and made it with them. And the children that they have were the Nephilim, the giants, mm-hmm. the mighty men of old. And they um, were the ones that were destroyed in the flood in the days of Noah. But I don't think that the program ended there. I know it didn't because our Bible also tells us they were on the earth in those days and also after that. 
-hmm. but I believe that this breeding program is going on because for a couple of reasons. One, when you look back to the biblical story and to the days of Noah, they were able to corrupt society completely by inbreeding with the population. It's the classic fight of good and evil. It's the classic seed war. So obviously this evil, you know, the Nakash Satan is going to want to get back to that place mm -hmm. because that's his happy place where there's, you know, people were just doing evil all the time and there was no good in the world. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is, you know, we know when Satan fell, he took a third of the angels with him. So right. one third of the angels are fallen. And that is what I believe these entities are okay. um, because I've had a lot of contact with them and they mm -hmm. pretty much confirmed that, you know, with me. Um, except for the smaller grace, that's something completely different, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, so they're outnumbered two to one, the late Dr. Chuck Missler used to say that, um, mm -hmm. talk about that a lot. And I think that this is an opportunity to kind of build up an army, if you will, of mm -hmm. more for their side. You know, um, if you're trying to win a war, you need more soldiers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I do think it's a classic case of good and evil. I have heard this before from other guests, you know, okay. that, that theory about the fallen angels mm -hmm. and that these things could be fallen angels. Um, well, as you got older, and obviously mm -hmm. the tests would change as you got mm -hmm. older, were you treated any differently? Um, oh yeah. I had a, what I call a handler with me. Mm -hmm. I had a man, he was with me from as long as I can remember, but that relationship changed drastically when I was older. He um, appeared as a man. He was looked kind of military, just square jawed, square face, just handsome, buzz cut, haircut, always, you know, very well built. Just, And he was always with me. And he didn't have a name, but it was like he had an imprint on me. And I had an imprint on him. So I always knew him. <laughs> I can't explain it because we don't do that. But I think it's the same way sometimes animals will do that. They'll know, mm -hmm. you know. Cattle, no, her kittens from someone else's, sure. that kind of thing. Um, because I've had a lot of people ask me, Well, didn't he have a name? I'm like, He didn't need one, we just had this weird knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, he was always with me, but that relationship turned physical when I got older. Okay. Um, so in that way, yeah, I was definitely treated differently. Um, but I trusted him, um, mm -hmm. because he was always with me. He was kind of my guide, my protector, giving me the message that, you know, who they were and what they were. And, you know, and I had a lot of Stockholm syndrome, I think, mm -hmm. with him. And, you know, what's funny is as I've gotten to talk to more people and people who hadn't heard that part of my story yet to other women and men have had a similar experience, had the one particular entity that was always with them, with them, they were taken. So I learned it's not an uncommon. I'm like, why did I have this person, this it entity with me? Um, but it's not uncommon. Um, he was not fully, he was not human. He appeared human. And um, as I was, when I was older and I felt a great deal of affection towards him, I, like I said, had bonded with him. He showed me his true form and he was a reptilian, what you would call a reptilian. Um, I haven't seen any pictures that look like him. I looked when I got brave, <laughs> um, but they're similar. What's out there, um, you know, really flat against the head of ears. He had a flat kind of triangly nose, um, mm -hmm. very greenish skin, um, but he was beautiful. I mean, his he had like these iridescent almost scales on his skin that were just absolutely beautiful. I describe him in great detail in the book. Um, the last time I saw him though, he didn't look the same. He didn't have that beautiful iridescent look about him. His, mm -hmm. it was only a, a couple of months ago, maybe I had an interaction with him and they were trying to get me to come back. And I was basically offered 
everything I wanted in exchange for dropping what I'm doing right now, right here. There have been a lot of attempts to get me to stop this, to not share the information I'm sharing, attempts, all kinds of things. Um, this one in particular, um, he was just this close to my face and just, you know, taunting me and telling, you know, when I wouldn't agree, you know, at first trying to coerce me, you know, I can get rid of your pain. I can do this. I can do that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no. Um, when I wouldn't agree to it, got very, got ugly, got angry. But again, he couldn't touch me. He couldn't hurt me anymore. And that was, I think, what made him the most angry of all is that he no longer had any control over me that had been broken. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looked different. He looked just kind of this sickly green color, like almost like he was dying. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's really kind of bugged me. I not, you know, it, it just, I, I just wonder what's going mm-hmm. on there. Um, mm-hmm. If he's dying or something like that, I don't know. But um, that's, that's who was with me. And so as I got older, yeah, that relationship definitely changed. When you say that he looked, he looked human. Mm-hmm. Was he a, 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 a appearance shifter? Or I've mm-hmm. heard reports from people who have been abducted that are contactees who have said that it's like a hologram mask thing that, mm-hmm. that they put in front yeah. of him. That's what it looked like when he changed his form in front of me. It almost looked like whatever he was dis- dissolved. And then okay. I saw what he really looked like. So I don't know if that was a hologram or if he was what you might call a shapeshifter. I, mm-hmm. you know, we just, they're, you know, they're dealing with science and technology and physics and information mm-hmm. and technology and everything that is so far advanced of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we just can't even imagine. And it's funny because a lot of things that I used to experience way back in the day in the sixties and seventies, are possible now things like what we can do with virtual reality mm-hmm. you know and and what we can do with holograms and what we can do with rooms that are nothing but all video screens i was in right. rooms like that when i was little being shown you know things of the earth and things of this because they wanted me to parrot their message of we're your benevolent space brothers those aren't the words they used but that we're here to save the earth and all that that we're your fathers we're your cedar you know we're we're all one religion and the love all and, you know, be as one, which that's all great. And that all sounds really good. And I believe that we all need to be love one another and be kind to one another and accept one another. And, you know, I, I don't have any problem with that. What I have a problem with is abducting children mm-hmm. and raping women and taking semen and o from the men and, and eggs from women. You know, these are the things I have a problem with. And, I always say, if you're so benevolent, why can't you find out, find a way to communicate better? They are Mm -hmm. so advanced. They have so much more capability than us. There should be a way to communicate that Mm -hmm. in a kind and loving way. If you're so kind and loving, could you please be kind and loving to me? Because I see kind and loving as something very different than what they were showing me. Mm -hmm. Like I would never do that to you or anyone else. It was terrible. Did you worry about your kids being abducted as well? Very much, very much. Um, and um, only one of them that I know was affected, but that's no longer a problem <laughs> and mm-hmm. going to be a problem for any of us anymore because I've learned how to break that and to break generational curses, to break um, any bonds and anything they have over us. Mm-hmm. You know, my friend Vicki Joy Anderson, who wrote an amazing book called They Only Come Out at Night, she was an amazing help to me. Um, there's just, there are a lot of really, really good people out there who know what to do and how to help. And, um, so I was able to make sure that my family is safe, that I'm safe, that we don't have to worry about that anymore. And that's another reason I want to talk about it. Cause if people don't talk about it, they won't find a way to stop it. They'll right. just think like I did, that this is just something I have to put up with, with my whole life because they're bigger and smarter and stronger and far more advanced than we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as them, you know, them the, coming back all the time to get you, do you think that they had put some kind of monitor on you so they could find you? Probably. Yeah. I've had, I, a couple of years ago, I can't remember how many years now, maybe seven years ago. I can't remember. I took something out of my own elbow and I did it over the sink 
And I mean, I got the tweezers and yanked that sucker out, but it went like it was on its own, like it had a motor in it and went down the sink. I couldn't get it. I mean, because it landed in the sink, but I have these really flat bowl sinks, which I don't uh -huh. like. Anyway, so it landed there and it was little. It was like about like a small, smaller than a grain of rice, about half the size of grain of rice. Pulled it out because I knew it was in my elbow. You, I, you can still feel a hole there. If you were here, you could feel it. Um, and it went it, like it was a robot or something like it had its own engine and it. it just went straight down the sink. I couldn't get it. <laughs> and now I've got something in my neck that's trying to come out. Um and it's, yeah, it's really bugging me. So I've got to see if there's something in here. Um, but I do think they tracked me. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, it's hard to tell on, I have a lot of MRIs and x-rays and scans and stuff, but I have so much, my body has sustained so much damage that they can't explain. I have rods and wires and screws and plates and everything you can imagine holding me together because my bones are doing crazy things that the doctors can't understand. I had a brain tumor last year, earlier this uh -huh. year that, um, they couldn't, they're like, how is this happening? You know, my doctors were baffled. Um, and I got prayed over and it's gone. I have uh -huh. two MRIs in a row, one where it's there and one where it's not, which is awesome. Uh -huh. Um, but so, but I was, I'm talking, I was saying that because, so there's no way I must to tell if there's anything else in me because there's so much interference from all the metal in my body now that you can't pick out little things like that. But I've, I've looked at my x-rays and stuff. I haven't seen anything else. The other thing I was thinking of when you were talking, especially about the babies <laughs> you know, and, and the aquarium things and all this, you know, like you say, their technology is so much better than ours. And th then to come up to this time and you're talking about, you know, your, your ailments that the doctors are seeing and everything, maybe they're doing genetic testing. Mm-hmm. And doing stuff to, to your genes, you know, because yeah. I mean, that's sure as heck is going to make you, you know, some people are more prone to arthritis than others and yeah. blah, 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 yeah. and stuff like Yeah. Yeah, but I've got things that no one else in my family has. So, yeah, that would make yeah. sense. I mean, I've got some disorders that, but I don't test positive for the genetic disorder that would go necessarily with it. But I got crazy bone growth on certain parts of my body or, mm -hmm. but my, my age is younger. My physical age is younger than my chronological age. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm aging more slowly. Um, there's all these weird things. And I, I put a lot of that in the book just to show that, yes. you know, there's so many things that are hard to explain, but make sense when you think about what they're doing and how they're doing mm -hmm. it. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's been such a, a strange process, but it gave, it gives me some answers at least to why some of, some of these things are, are happening that, are just hard to explain. So are they still coming for you or has that settled down? And you think, you know, why if it has settled down? Yeah, they've tried. They can't come in. They can't cross the threshold anymore. I've broken okay. the threshold covenants. They can't come across the threshold. Um, but they can be outside the windows and they've done that a few times to see if they can, you know, freak me out and they don't anymore. It does still freak me out. Okay. But, but I rebuke them immediately mm -hmm. you know you call on jesus they go they there's there's a hierarchy there's a pecking order and you mm -hmm. can see it in these different and the different ones that i've experienced the different types of entities that i've seen mm -hmm. but there's one at the top and that's jesus he's he's the boss man and he has all the authority and they can't they can't cross the threshold they can't get me they can't come near me it's crazy I mean, I've gone from being tortured to them this close to my face and they can't mm -hmm. touch me. It's, it's wild. And, and I want people to know that, that you don't have to, you don't have to be, you know, I'm not, you know, people, you don't have to go and be crazy religious. Okay. Mm -hmm. You just have to be a believer. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. a difference. There's a big difference. You know, this is really about love, compassion, forgiveness and understanding and those are really important things and and about understanding that your savior and your salvation and that mm -hmm. you don't have to put up with this kind of stuff you know i'm thinking and um, i've said this before during these types of interviews you know when, when, I, when i read uh, the mojave incident which was really scary i mean that was probably the, yours is more scary than theirs theirs i'll mm -hmm. tell you I yeah i thought theirs was scary and 
when they described what was going on after they were abducted, when they kept coming back for them, being a ghost hunter and doing what I do, you know, and hearing people's descriptions of these ghosts, mm-hmm. it matched up to how they were getting in the, you know, how they were coming through the walls and how the temperature would go down and things like that. And I started to wonder, you know, what are what am I investigating? Am I investigating, you know, a human spirit or am I investigating these aliens that are coming? Right. And well, I think, and yeah, you're dealing with different things when you're dealing with these entities, because yeah, I believe the grays that most people see, the shorter grays, the ones that show up in homes and mm-hmm. in fields and stuff like that, the ones that are generally on the ships. I believe that these are basically a biological suit that they have created mm-hmm. to be able to come here into our atmosphere, into our homes, mm-hmm. into our plane of existence, because we're dealing with stuff we just don't understand. They're so far, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're in different planes, different places. But these grays are like a biological suit. I mean, it's something we can do today, create, grow skin in a lab. Yeah. Right. And they smell bad. They smell like a cross between a dead animal and sulfur. Some of them smell worse than others that I've been. Some don't seem to have any scent at all. Um, I believe they're inhabited by demonic entities. Mm-hmm. And I believe demons to be from our biblical texts and references. Sure. The disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. Sure. And the Nephilim were the, the hybrids. Mm-hmm. So, and that makes sense because think about it. If they get captured, if a ship gets shot down or a ship crashes what are they going to recover? Mm-hmm. An empty mm-hmm. skin suit, basically. Right. Right. I mean, they could be run with AI. They could be run with demons. They could have an alien inside that skin suit. There's right. so many choices and things that they can work with there. So in that respect, yeah, you're dealing with a demon that's mm-hmm. not human that has more, much more powerful than humans, mm-hmm. which has got to be scary for you when you get in that situation. And then when you're dealing with the other types of alien entities, you're dealing with fallen angelic beings way off our pay scale you know that's crazy right 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 right. and they're scary and they're powerful and they know it but they also know that they've got a boss too Mm -hmm. and that's where we have protection Mm -hmm. and you know like you say they're not coming now because you went ahead and took care of it i've also heard stories from people that got to a certain age and they no longer get abducted because for some reason, oh, we're old. <laughs> Who yeah. the heck wants someone old to breed with or whatever they're doing? Right. I think they still wanted me around because I'm able to articulate my message and I'm mm-hmm. able to articulate this message. Mm-hmm. And they don't want that. They want me to articulate another message. And there are mm-hmm. other people who are articulating a different message. And I happen to not, you know, be doing that. So they're not happy with what I'm doing. That's been made very clear to me, but I'm not going to stop doing it because that's the truth. And it's the only way I keep myself, my family, my friends, my loved ones, the people I need, the people who are listening. It's the only way I can keep people safe. I would never go back on that. I would never go back on that. And this is the truth. Mm-hmm. Now your book has, you know, has, has the sinister overlay to it. Tell us, you know, we've heard all this, and obviously, you know, a lot of this stuff is sinister. I mean, there's no going back on that. But in your opinion, what do you think is so sinister about what they're doing, or what what do you think they're they're trying to accomplish with all this stuff? Yeah. Well, I I really think they're trying to um, create this sense of we are your benevolent space brothers. And Mm -hmm. I think they're trying to create a sense of, and we're your cedars, we're your god, we're Mm -hmm. your gods, we're, you know, from distant planets and we came to be here with you and see you. I don't believe they're from other planets. There's no indication of that. They never gave me any indication of that. I was with them my whole life, never went to another planet, never went to another solar system, never went to another galaxy far, far away. No, it was always underground. Um, I don't know if I was ever underwater because by the time you're in the facility, it could be underground or underwater or just a, hovering above earth but nowhere you know never went to the moon Mm -hmm. so i don't believe that they're from another planet and i don't believe there are been clearly they're not benevolent clearly the things they're doing you need there's you just can't you can't sit with kidnapping little kids or raping people as kind it just doesn't work i mean right and and the message that they want to send that they created us well then where did they come from Who's right. 
And when you ask them that, <laughs> that becomes a problem, you know, mm-hmm. and I have. I'm like, well, if you if you create us, who created you? Because I knew that wasn't the case, you know. Okay. So um, it becomes a, yeah, I, I believe that's, that is the ultimate goal is to be able to create a delusion that mm-hmm. is so strong that people... People want to believe that. And I understand that. I mean, you want them to just be these amazing, you know, creatures that come down and rescue us. But there are good, benevolent, amazing, angelic beings out there. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced that as well. And so, you know, we have to remember it's not all evil. It's not all bad. There right. are good right. beings out there. But my experiences with them were very good and very positive. I mean, they showed up because... I asked for help. God sent them. They helped mm-hmm. me. Period. There was no no intrusion in any way, shape, or form. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are good beings out there. Amazing good beings. I, but it's hard to know the difference. Right. I think it's I think it's like anything else. You know, what whether these things are demons or whatever they are, they're all in their own society. It's just like our society. You got good eggs and you got bad eggs out there. Exactly. Exactly. And you're going to run into them no matter what. The more the more contact you have, the more you're going to see the, you know the difference in the good eggs and bad eggs. Mm-hmm. What do you hope happens? I mean, you have this book out, mm-hmm. and, and you're putting the word out. What What do you hope happens by you getting the word out? A um, couple of things. I hope that it helps kind of lessen the stigma of talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by coming forward and sharing my story this is a really hard thing to share and it's a really hard thing to do. And I opened myself up to a lot of criticism, but amazingly I've received an amazing amount of just lovely, beautiful support from people like you. Um, it, I want it to be okay for people to talk about this. I want people to acknowledge and accept that this is happening. This isn't crazy people. This mm-hmm. is the truth. This is happening to so many people. It's just that everyone's afraid to talk about it because the government created this stigma that anyone who talks about it is crazy. This was something that was put in place for us so that we wouldn't talk about it because they've been involved with them from the get-go. So I want to try to break through some of that ugly stigma that's there. And I want to let people know if you're in a situation like this and you don't want it to be happening, there are options. It doesn't have to happen. You can stop it. There are a lot of people out there, a lot of great resources, a lot of great books, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of resources and a lot of a lot of help because it's just it's unfortunate, you know, and and to protect your children, too. I mean, you know, I wish I had known when my children were small because I could have done a better job of protecting them. Um, So I I think it's just really important, especially for anyone who, who knows somebody. I mean, if you have a friend that comes up to you and says, Hey, I had this weird thing happen and I'm not sure if I can talk about it. Just listen with an open mind and an open heart. You don't have to believe someone, but if you can listen, sometimes it's all someone's going to need to be able to get through the pain and the trauma, because this is one of the most traumatic things that can happen to somebody. And I just, I think it's important that people have avenues to get help. You can't go to your doctor or your therapist and say this happened. Mm-hmm. They'll think you're crazy. They'll put you away. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I didn't know how to get help, mm-hmm. you know, until I kind of accidentally got help. So that's a long answer. Sorry. It's okay. that's, you know, it's a, it's a couple of things. And, and I really just want to share the truth of what I know about it. I think there's a lot of different information out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I applaud anyone who's trying to share information. I'm not here to judge anyone or judge anyone's choices on how they want to approach this. Mm-hmm. This is the direction I'm going with it. And I hope that it can help some people. Absolutely. And you answered my question about the government because that was next. But, yeah. you know, I look at it this way. People can say what they want about the government and knowing about this. But like you say, their technology is so much farther along than ours. Mm-hmm. In a way, oh, the government, yeah. yeah, the government would be stupid to fight them or try to fight them and not yeah. try to work with them because how, how are you going to win? You can't, you can't win. No, they can't. And there's only one way to win, and that's to understand that the creator is in mm-hmm. control. Right. Not these guys. But 
you know, that's not how the government works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been working with them for a long time. And I really don't think we'll ever get a full disclosure because a full disclosure would mean they'd have to really tell the truth, right? Right. And what's the truth? They've been working with them all along. And yep. they're the ones who gave permission. Someone has to give permission for them to come into our lives, basically. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's generational curses. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's what someone's been involved in and that permission has been given by someone in your family, but it can also be your government. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if people realize that that could really cause some problems and that's not something they want people to think about. Right. Um, and they're never going to want to admit that. And then they'd have to admit, you know, they say it's because they think people will freak out or be scared. I think we can handle a lot more than they would ever give us credit for. Right. You know? Right. Right. Absolutely. And we see through their lies anyway. So absolutely. The other thing I was thinking real quick before we sign off, because mm-hmm. this hour went by. Oh my God, you're oh, so fascinating. I read your book. It's a great book. Oh, thank you. This is so a fascinating much. book. I love it. And it scared me. It's like I told you the, the thing in the Mojave right. scared me. Your book had me up all night. Literally. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. That's good. When a book can scare you, when a book can bother me like that. Mm-hmm. Then I really listen to you know listen to what's being said in this book because, yeah, I mean this is going on all the time, you know. You were talking about the underground base, and mm-hmm. there's so many stories. And I don't know when you know if I wrote this to you when I asked you to be on the show about Mount Shasta. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I, I, li- I kind of lived part time up in that area off and on wow. for like five or six years, and there's so many. Uh, like this little town weed, there's so many mystic shops in there with stories about the, the, the top of the mountain opening up and these spacecraft you know, coming out of there. So I don't think that's as far-fetched as people might think it is because now Shasta has always been rumored to have a base underneath. Yeah, not at all far-fetched. No, I mean, this is right under our noses. I don't mm-hmm. think they're out there living on some distant galaxy. I think they are right underneath our feet. And if people realize that, I think that would keep a lot more people up at night too. But yeah, I think they're <laughs> right here. I could talk about the underground stuff that I saw for hours because there's just so much to it. And I really think that's where they are most of the time. Absolutely. Karen, thank you so much for coming on. We'll have to oh, get you sure. back on to talk more about this. This is fascinating. I'd like Absolutely. to know more detail about the underground stuff. That'd be, that'd be great. But oh, uh, sure. I want to thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening. What's next for you? Oh, Charlotte, uh, thank you so much, by the way. I have enjoyed this thoroughly, and I'd love to come back. Uh, You're just such a doll. Um, (laughs) What's next is to continue just Mm -hmm. trying to get the word out about this book. It just came out in Mm -hmm. um, the beginning of October. So we're Mm -hmm. really just getting started. Um, So going, you know, doing some speaking engagements, going to some conferences, um, just keep talking to people and answering a lot of emails through my website. Um, People can reach me that way and I will get back to everyone. I promise it just sometimes takes a while because I I have a lot of them to get through. But um, that's what's next is wherever God sends me. Just try to keep going and try not to lose my voice. Absolutely. Well, once again, thank you so much. And I, I hope you have a great rest of your evening and we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch right. for maybe, maybe sometime thank after you. the new year and have you back on. How's that sound? Absolutely. I'd love that. That sounds perfect. Okay. Thank All right. You. Fair enough. All right. Take you have a great one. You All too. Right, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. That was, I told you guys it was going to be a fascinating show and it was tomorrow night. We're having, I guess a part two with Nancy. Nancy, Nancy Matz is going to be back with us tomorrow and she's going to be talking about, you know, how to, how to see depression in other people. But we're also going to do free readings again tomorrow night. So uh, if you have a question that you didn't get to ask the last time with Nancy, feel free to write it down and uh, come on in tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. Naturally, in a ways, we are looking for people to follow us no matter what. So, uh, I, I, you know, and like I said, I usually tell you guys, and I'm going to say it again, where I appreciate each and every one of you that does follow us and the people that have been with us since the beginning four years ago, going into this format, and the people that have been with me since Block Talk Radio days. I really appreciate each and every one of you guys. So I may not say it all the time, but I do. All right, that being said, I'm going to let you guys go. I will get you her contact information here and, uh, you know, where you get the book and all that good stuff. And then I'm going to let you go and enjoy the rest of your evening. So here we go. Okay.
Oh my God, I put Wilkinson up there. That is the website. I was in a hurry earlier. So it's Karen Wilkinson author.com and it's all lowercase and of course there is the book stolen seed evil harvest and of course that's available either on amazon or probably you, you get it from the website as well okay guys i will see you tomorrow 6 30 p.m have a great evening